so much out there about this overstretching and oh gosh you know the life um, of ballet is not that long Mm. so we need to preserve it and longevity and life after ballet they don't want to be arthritic as well by doing too hard too fast overstretching the body will break and the body's forever Welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Merry Christmas, beautiful ballerinas, and boy, do I have a Christmas present for you today. My present to you is the delightful, inspiring, and absolutely marvellous human being that is Marie Walton-Mahn. Now, I'm going to let Marie share her story because she does such an incredible job of this during our conversation. And it's a good story. You're going to want to tune in. However, for those that have been living under a rock in the dance world, let me introduce Marie and her incredible work. Marie is the director and the creator of Progressing Ballet Technique, a global phenomenon that is currently being taught in over 40 countries worldwide. And I was going to say to ballet teachers and dancers all over the world, but the program has now surpassed the dance world and is being used across many disciplines, medical practices and activities. Marie's work in this field through PBT is so groundbreaking and now imperative to the Australian landscape of movement and conditioning that she's even been nominated for an Australian of the Year Award back in 2017. When I met Marie for our interview in Sydney, she was teaching a class of eight budding young ballerinas at Tanya Pearson Academy, and I was all too ready to quietly wait outside. However, Marie bounded out to greet me and ushered me inside before asking the students to greet Miss Canning. Now, for a split second, I thought my mum might be standing behind me. Very rarely am I ever called Miss Canning, but it was so beautiful and such a testament to the traditions and etiquette that Marie instills in her classroom. I find Marie's work with progressing ballet technique so inspiring and it truly is just so remarkable and as an entrepreneur, she is groundbreaking within the industry. However, when I sat down to watch the last 20 minutes of the class she was teaching, I also left with so many nuggets of wisdom that I'll cherish forever as a ballet teacher. From the way that Marie follows a stern correction with the soft word of praise, to describing musicality as the ability to feel the music and really listen, girls, because once you start counting, you've lost it. And how her eyes study every student's face to see if they're truly understanding what she's saying, not just nodding their head. Then at the end of class, she spent a couple of minutes talking about the fires 
and the environment and stressing to her young dancers the importance of keeping up their fluids and looking after themselves. Marie is just, I can't even begin, guys. She's just so much more than an extremely successful founder and entrepreneur. She's also humble and she is kind to the core. I left thinking, be more like Marie. So my goal for 2020 is to constantly ask myself, what would Marie do? I hope, I know, you'll enjoy my conversation with the marvellous Marie Walton-Mann. The Balanced Ballerinas podcast is proudly supported by MDM Dancewear, the company that has developed the world's most advanced footwear for dance. If you're wanting to be your best, or perhaps one of the very best, make sure you've tried MDM for ballet, contemporary, or jazz. MDM, engineered for expression. Thank you so much, Marie, for meeting with me at Tanya Pearson's. I've never been here before. It's very impressive. It is. It's a lovely institution to work at. Yeah. Thank you for having me, George. Oh, that's okay. You've been on my hit list for a very long time, actually, oh, I must sweet. admit. I w- I'm feeling very honoured that you're on the BB podcast finally. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. I um, We will definitely be getting into more discussions about PBT, um, but I always like to start with your own ballet journey growing up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was listening to an interview where you said that your family wasn't that well off growing up and so you actually scraped a lot of money together from local Estedfords and scholarships that you won to fund your, you know, beginnings of your career. Yes, um, my my mum was one of 11 and wow. always wanted to do ballet and they couldn't afford it. So she um, put all of us into ballet um, but then when I was 11, my father had a serious accident and he was in hospital for, in and out of hospital for over 12 months. And his business went bankrupt and things went really bad for the family. So the first thing that had to be cut was, was going to be the ballet. And um, I struggled to, to stay at ballet by doing odd, odd jobs. And then when I was 13, I, I went to my ballet teacher, uh, and that was Tessa Monda, and uh, I said, um, I'm, I'm desperate to be a ballerina. Yeah. Um, what can I do for my fees? What can I do? So I, I actually taught from 13. And um, I, did every, I came in before and after school. I helped in whatever way and started teaching little children, which is, is a wonderful learning. And, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to do it tough to understand the value of what you've got, you know. And then couldn't agree more. Uh, every, everything that I, I won was put away um, for my career uh, because I was determined to make it. And every, every it, was, it was a difficult time in my life. Um, but it doesn't hurt to, to do that and to scrape a little bit and go without for what you want. I agree. Yeah. I'm curious, do you think that a dancer these days without supportive, you know, uh, support from financially from their parents, do you think they would be able to do something similar these days or it feels very nostalgic that story. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, it is a, it's a different era, but you know there there are students I know that um, are overseas that are struggling that 
take bar jobs and mm. things like that. And I'm sure the students, if you know, they can get on uh, McDonald's perhaps shifts and things like that to help themselves. I mean, it's just it's up to them really. But sometimes they they just depend on the help out, and uh, it's it's uh, waiting for someone to help them. And sometimes they've got to go after it themselves. It it depends on their passion mm-hmm. and how much they want it. Definitely. No, that's yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, because it's um it's a beautiful story, but you don't hear of it very often anymore these days. No, no. no. <laughs> Some somewhat um, children can be a little precious and. <laughs> It doesn't hurt to do it tough and and go and, you know, every day when I teach, even this morning, I start with, have you got your goals in your book for this week, your goal setting and um, challenge yourself because it's it's up to them. Definitely. Well, this isn't our, um, this isn't our first meeting. So I um, met you uh, when I did your Progressing Ballet Technique course. I was trying to think. I think it was probably at least five years ago now, maybe. I was trying to think years. as well, and yeah. I think it was five years. Yes. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I found it really interesting, especially because I was, you know, well, obviously five years younger. I'm only 29, so I was fresh to teaching. Oh, and <laughs> I am a bit of a baby still. How? Um, but I, I, one thing I took away from the course, obviously all the exercises and everything, but one thing that you really taught me was that you can tell the students, turn out, turn out, turn out, turn out, and they don't understand unless they can feel it. That's right. And that was a big thing in my mind where I was like, oh, okay. So how can I, you know, obviously using your exercises, but also other ways of how I can get them to feel, how I can get them to deeper understand what I'm trying to say instead of just point your feet and turn out. So can you give us um, a rundown for those that might not know, although they'd be hiding under a rock if they're listening to this podcast, um, (laughs) what PBT is all about and how did it get started? Okay. So first of all, the PBT is about setting up that muscle proprioception for every student to feel before the form and if they're standing up say hypothetically they stand up and you're teaching them a series of battery you know royale or changement battue and they beat the wrong way they beat forward instead of using their adductors and going sideways and if they do it over and over wrong wrong goes into that body that wrong is right so it's far better to take the floor out of it and get them to really feel the initiation, then stand them upright. And it's like a light bulb moment. They get it. So if they get it, then they can produce it. And the feeling is worth a thousand of our words. Mm. Yeah. It's like the famous T-shirt you wear, muscle memory. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and I know the muscles itself don't have memory, but it's the brain that mm. triggers the muscle memory to send it through the body. Yeah. So how this all got started so many years ago, is when, um, when I first started teaching, I was quite young. It was, um, I was doing very well in the ballet company overseas. And then my, my dear dad, who had the accident, he then had a coronary at 42. So he was young. And again, I was needed. Um, so I left the ballet company to come home and help out the family. How old were you? 
I was 21. Yeah. Wow, so that just, is young. I mean, I was really excited about working. And I was in Le Barret de Marseille, having a wonderful time touring. We'd just finished a tour with Maya Plisetskaya, who was my idol at the time. And uh, everything was wonderful. But, you know, these things happen. And what can you do? The family needed me. So I came home and the next thing that was on my list was going to be many years later, but was to open a school. So I opened a school prematurely. And I was a little bit of a frustrated teacher because all of a sudden you've got all shapes and sizes in front of you, all listening to you. But again, it's that you can tell them, you can show them, but it's that feeling. Mm. So it, it, it frustrated me and I wanted to learn more about the body to help. So I read, I started reading whatever dance medicine, and it's evolved, there's so much there. Mm. But back then, there was very, very little, but there was books on your anatomy and dance medicine. And then I, I read a wonderful book called Inside Your Technique by Valerie Gregg. And then I went to her course. And that was light bulb moments of how to the feeling and working from the inside out instead of externally. And so I started to really analyze the body mm. and to help every child's got a different body to help them get their personal best. One personal best is far different from another personal best. So when Fitballs came out, uh, it must have been late 80s, early 90s, mm. I bought some Fitballs because they're moving all the time. And I loved the thought that to keep the fitball still, they have to activate certain muscles. So I'd bring the, the fitballs in and substitute a class every so often at the ballet school with young children. And it was an amazing revelation of how they improved their posture, their alignment. Their, yeah. And back then it was just called BB days, ballet ball days. Ballet ball very similar to balanced ballerinas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's right back. And I had absolutely no intention of sharing it. It was certainly uh, created to help the students I had to achieve their personal best. So that was all that was in the back of my mind. And they really, really did improve. And the parents came in on open day as we do at the end of a term and they watched a class and it was the parents that said don't substitute we will pay for an extra class we think this is really good and the children love it and we've all got fit balls at home because they want to practice it's a bit sad but they do practice this more than their ballet true because it's a little bit left of center and students love tools they love they something love they props. love a ceraband they love a ball right. yeah that's right mm. and it's the the feeling mm. the tangible feelings so I was um, excited about that and I kept creating more exercises, putting it to music and the school was doing well. We, we were doing well. And um, I'm also, back then, I was a tutor for the Royal Academy of Dance. And then it was 2012 at Sydney headquarters where I was giving a course and I always have my fitball with me. I just keep it in the car and if I'm guesting, the fitball comes. So this day, um, it was the teachers were learning the battery component. 
and uh, um, I just said, take the floor out of it. And I rolled on top of the Fitball and said, this is how you teach battery. Yeah. Then stand them upright. And the teachers went, oh, wow, this makes sense. And I said, yeah, it's really logical. It's not hard. You just flip it all. And, and they said, how many exercises you've got? I said, oh, I've got a full syllabus, you know. And it was the teachers that said, Marie, please share this. Yeah. And I'd never thought of sharing it till then. So that day was actually the progressing ballet technique um, development that day because I went home and I'll not forget because my husband had just retired. He was the administrator of the ballet school forever mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'd just retired and we were starting to calm things down a little bit. And I said, oh, got <laughs> this idea, got this idea. And he said, oh, come on, Marie, who's going to want ballet on a ball? And I said, oh, let's just, let's cut a few DVDs and see where it goes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a, a very small website that was developed by our son and we got 500 DVDs and they just went like that. Flew out the door. And, you know, now I can't believe it yet. You know, he's 72, God love him, and he's, the CEO of PBT and it's a global institution. And the poor guy just thought he was about to retire. Exactly. Yeah, he was going to play more golf, you know. And now our son who made that little yeah. website, he runs the PBT office in the city with six full-time staff. Wow. Um, our daughter's also involved, Veronica, who was in the Australian Ballet and Sydney Dance Company, and she corrects a lot of the online work because we can't get everywhere. Yeah. So teachers in faraway places, I mean, I just um, accredited this amazing guy in the Czech Republic. He was a fantastic teacher, and all he'd got it was from the online training. It takes longer than doing a course, mm. but it was good to see that he was able to get it and they send the work back mm. it's corrected they get corrections maybe they have to resubmit to be certified because quality control now is really important to me that was going to be one of my questions from a business and like entrepreneurial oh. perspective i selfishly wanted to ask you like how are you maintaining the integrity of the syllabus globally okay so i have <laughs> trained um very good directors yeah i've got three in south america and in January, I go to South America and I upskill them mm. and give courses and they watch. And then um, I've got uh, the European director who I trained from a little girl and went right through and knows me inside out. Mm-hmm. She, she's um, Callie, Callie Roberts who went to the Royal Ballet and danced with Royal Birmingham Ballet. And she's coming here in February to work with me because she handles Europe. Then I've got an Asian representative, Priscilla Law, who's wonderful, and mm-hmm. I'll be working with her in the Asian courses and upskilling because things have got to keep moving and they're in charge of their areas. And then I go over to uh, America and uh, work with our director of America and then um, Canada and Mexico. So I, I've got to upskill them all yeah. the time to... Because next year um, we're doing a, a, a slightly different course next year. So they've got to learn the new format. The, because I'm always learning too. Mm. And uh, the original courses that you would have, would have done with me five years ago was age-related. 
um, this at this age, then this yes. and this. Well, I'm taking the ages out because some that are 15 need to start here. Very true. Yeah. So the new courses will be run like this. The journey of the core and posture. The journey of a dash. The journey of a lacro. I like that. So yeah. unless they tick this box, you can't move to this box. So it doesn't matter about the age. It is uh, relevant to them understanding and achieving one part before moving to the next. And, um, you know, that's something that I've, I wanted to switch out because I had no idea in 2012 this was going to go like this. Mm. And it was age-related for the students I was teaching because they'd grown up with it. Yeah. And that's very different to say someone like me picking up the syllabus and teaching it to my students. Yeah. That's right. Because I know that personally, it's funny, I have, obviously you would know some some levels progress faster than others, some age groups. And you can get a really bright bunch of students. And I was giving them far more advanced PBT exercises. And my older girls who just weren't quite there yet were like, oh, how come they're doing that? And I said, it's not, don't look at the age on the, you know, it's yeah, not about the age. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're switching that out. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, I like that. You know, and it's also going into all the languages. So I'm dubbed in all the languages. Is that so weird watching yourself? With they're, speaking they're, Chinese. <laughs> they've synced my voice really well. It's quite wow. amazing. So that's, yeah. and we have a full time um, uh, um, in the staff, we have a full time person just managing China speaking Mandarin and Cantonese just for China alone because it's really booming there and I'm going to China next year so it's all very exciting and I speak Spanish and Italian it's wonderful you're multilingual and you haven't had to have a lesson in any other language isn't that fantastic Uh, and then of course the the app is in development so that's going to make it easier and the music as well so uh, things are isn't that funny? I was going to ask you when the mics were off, when we finished, I was going to say, Marie, have, are you onto an app yet? Because <laughs> an app would be just yeah, so handy. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not technical. I look technical, but I have all these people working for me doing all the technical things, you know, and our son does an amazing job um, heading the, yeah. the office, you know, so it's, it's quite a family business now. It's amazing. Mm. It really is. It's, um, you should be oh, just incredibly... Proud. I'm hum- yeah. more humbled yeah. um, than, you know, because it, it was just this little idea working with students that I thought was very, very logical and uh, people have respected that logic all around the world. So it's very humbling. I wanted to ask you, Marie, um, about your views on the importance of structure and syllabus. Speaking of, you know, PBT is a syllabus, but what, what are your views on that? Okay. Uh, a syllabus is only as good as the teacher managing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's good to have structure because I believe in milestones and students ticking this before moving on to this. Um, so a, a syllabus, it doesn't matter what syllabus, it's what you do with it and it's peeling it back. So what I don't like to see, which I think is, is not real teaching, is teachers with a book in their hand just reading from the book. Mm. I think teachers need to understand if they're working with a syllabus, and I think that's good, whether it's a syllabus or it's a structured list of what students should achieve 
by this stage to move to this stage. It's no use doing a double cabriole without a tonga vein arabesque. You know, it's no use trying to do a triple turn without a suspended single turn. So they do need some structure, but it's understanding what's in it and then developing it in open work and then putting it back together. It's peeling it apart and knowing the layers and then it works beautifully. Definitely. Speaking of the syllabus, though, only being as good as the teacher, um, what character traits do you then think that a teacher, a really good ballet teacher, possesses? Okay. I think they need to be humble and transparent. By transparent, I mean, you know, talk to the, the students and parents about limitations if there are limitations so they don't give false hope. Honesty. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Total honesty. Um, Not be so in the distance that students can't feel comfortable to ask questions. You know, um, I love to finish a class with what is the main thing, especially with younger students, what are you going to take away from today's class? And remember, give me one thing, you know, that they're not afraid to to talk to you or mm. or query something you know i think that's that's important and um, be firm discipline is important be but be compassionate as well so it's that balance and really getting to know your students body i think knowing them and their their personal best yeah is important as well to bring out their personal best if you don't know the body you can't uh, extend them yeah well it was really lovely um before our interview started I got to watch uh, just the end of your last class and and you displayed absolutely everything that you just said then in the possibly 15 10 minutes that I saw oh, so bliss. I mean as a teacher I just it was lovely to watch so thank you oh no thank you I guess 45 years you've got to learn something and that's the thing be open to learning yeah. I'm learning all the time yeah I remember when I did um, the PBT course with you. By the way, I'm coming to the Brisbane one to refresh. Oh, lovely. Well, you'll get the new format. Yeah, well, I'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm bringing one of my teachers as well. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. Um, but I know that um, the, the two main takeaways from me when I did that course with you many years ago was the one, making sure that um, – the students understand exactly what you're asking them to do and feeling it. But the second one was that you were very open in the fact that you're always learning and you're very open with, I'm always learning and I'm always reading and I'm always, and as somebody who I really value education and that's partly why at the time I did stop my career going into a professional path because I wanted to go to university. And so as somebody who really values learning and when I opened my studio and did your course shortly after, there wasn't much time for learning because you're sort of learning on the go. Yes. There's no time to stop and learn for fun, I guess. And so you reminded me that I need to do that. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My <laughs> I pleasure. took a lot more from that course than just the, oh. than just the uh, exercises. Yeah, so thank you. And I, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to open your mind and, and know that there's always, I'm always learning and I've uh, you know I have this weight now of responsibility of so many people doing it around the world and there's so many different bodies yeah um and I learn by a teacher may have a particular type of body that I haven't you know that might have tibial torsion or something a little bit 
different and they send it to me and then I'll take it to um, the physio team and we'll discuss it, you know, and yeah. then I'm learning from that as well. Definitely. I, um, I was going to ask you, with young students growing up, do you think that they need one teacher that believes in them or do you think that they need a tribe of teachers? I mean, I certainly feel here at Tanya Pearson's that it's a tribe of phenomenal teachers. But do you think for maybe those that don't have um, a facility like this, that if they really want a career in classical ballet, obviously they have to have a lot going for them, but do they need a tribe or is they, do they just need one teacher that believes in them? Okay, it's a really good question. And, and here as well, when they're young, they'll have a class teacher. Okay. And I think when they're young, they don't need a lot of teachers. They need one teacher to nurture, know them inside out, stimulate and develop that young body. Because when they're young, if they have too many teachers, they can be told different things, slightly different, and they end up confused with what is right. It might be the same thing said a different way, but mm. it's the way you, you know, nurture that young body because the those early movement patterns are so valuable. Now, I'm not adverse to those young students then going to a summer school somewhere or, a, or an intensive mm. and stepping outside, but I think the young ones do need that. Now, vocational, that's a little bit different. I think um, they need to be exposed, if they're going to have a career, they need to ex be exposed to um, the way different people approach a movement. Um, it, it gives an all-rounded feeling. Mm. As long as the teachers are not competing, uh, by that I mean on the same wavelength. Yeah. You know, like um, there has to be something overpinning. The team the has to be on the same page. That's right. Yeah. The methodology has to be the same. Mm. Otherwise, you you they can have confusion, you know. But I think a variety is good when they're older, as long as they're all on the same page. Definitely. I um I wanted to know when you have students who might not necessarily. I mean, let's face it. N not when you think of all the little kids that do ballet maybe what one percent make it a career and so what do you say to those that say well if they're not going to be a professional ballerina what's the point it's a huge point point. <laughs> yeah. and the pun <laughs> <laughs> and and that is why um uh i i've started giving back i didn't know that i was going to have this following with pbt but um it's wonderful so I am giving back with some of those round the table discussions like this because it's very important. A lot of parents think if they don't make the Royal Ballet or the Australian Ballet that life is over and there's nothing else, so why why go to ballet? Mm. And it's so important. So I had this a discussion and all of the people on the panel were professionals in different fields and they had been taught by me once. And we discussed all the things that has helped them in their careers from ballet. So the list is respect, self-respect, respect for those in charge, understanding to self-motivate, to push yourself and mm. motivation, etiquette, ballet's full of etiquette. You know, they'll turn up for a, an interview 
with etiquette. Understanding of their own body. There's so many of my former students, probably because of the influence of PPT, that have gone into physiotherapy, personal training, yoga teaching. Um, this is very important. Know how to accept rejection with humility. That's a big part of ballet. And then know how to pick yourself up and push on. And move on. And that's a big part of the development that's goal setting for life, their life skills. And then to be humble if winning or with getting a role, to be humble. And then we also know how to meet deadlines and they're great goals Definitely. for life. Yeah. You know, so um, ballet gives you all that. Even, yes, a small percentage will make a career, but we need educated audiences as well to appreciate this wonderful art. Definitely. It's it's sort of uh, the whole reason why I started the podcast was to, I was sick and tired of people saying, because I've got lots of adult ballet clients. Oh, lovely. And, um, and they would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, you know, what's your... Um, choice of physical activity and they'd say ballet and they would laugh at them and they'd be like well what do you think you're going to be in the New York City ballet that's so silly oh and that so, is terrible isn't it sad and really it makes me sad. see I'm angry even just thinking about it but that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast and and to try and get out into the world that you know, it's like me saying to dad, why do you do golf on the weekends? Because you're not going to be Adam Scott. Do you know what I mean? So exactly. <laughs> it, it's, and you wouldn't ask that. Or it's like me saying no. to my boyfriend, why do you surf? You're not Kelly Slater. Like, so yeah. there was this stigma attached to ballet that if you study it, you know, what's the point? Unless you're going to be in the New York City Ballet or the Australian Ballet. Mm-hmm. And so I think educating people, and this is like my life's mission, educating people on the fact that ballet has so many transferable skills and that it's such a great thing to do even if you only do it in childhood it's going to set these kids up for life it is it is and you know in london they've just decided to put it on the uh, for doctors to prescribe ballet lessons love that yeah Mm, i think i read that article it's amazing wonderful such a good idea um you do the pbt program yourself so I just told you that I have so many adults and I'm sure they would love to hear from you in regards to how they can incorporate PBT into their daily routine. Oh, look, it, you know, I'm 66. So if I don't do it for me, I wouldn't be able to teach yeah. uh, and stay healthy myself. Or the courses would kill me if I didn't practice what I preach. You know? I know because you're you very know? hands-on and very physical when you, when you take the course. Well... You have to you have to be. You can't just stand up and say, "Do this." You know, you've got to show them. Mm-hmm. I mean, my legs don't go that high anymore, but the alignments is still there, and I can still activate and get them to feel those right muscles. So, with the adults, I mean, it's uh, it's quite phenomenal how many adults have logged on to the uh, the membership for students and are practicing it daily in the comfort of their home. Yeah, because. The coaching is there, and then they can do the exercise, and they have it to music. As if they can, if they can fit it in to do it three times a week, then the muscle memory does activate to come into the ballet class, you mm. know. Or if they can do even three or four exercises as a warm up before ballet class, it's 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 wonderful. And I guess the most common remark I get after a course from teachers is, "Oh." I wish this was around when I was training. 
yeah. I would have danced longer. Yeah. That's that must make you feel pretty special. Yeah, it is special. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you. Um, I find in all your content, it's very much focused on quality over quantity, and I was wondering whether you find it difficult in our very fast-paced society of hacking and fast-tracking, whether you find it difficult to instill that in students these days? Well, I'm so determined to um, <laughs> that I just... Uh, just do it. I do, you know, it's it's a daily part of my um, uh, methodology when I teach. Mm. Um, what is the use of falling out of four turns when someone can't suspend one quality turn and I think the internet's got a lot to you know you can use it in such a positive way you know to look at wonderful repertoire and all that but they they look at so many of the tricks and the fast tracking and you know to me ballet is a little bit like I I tell the the little students because of the visualization of a ladder and up here is their goal so they will visualize uh, visualize sorry how many um, steps to get to their goal yeah and it's right up there but if you're going up a ladder and I'll tell them if you miss one of the steps what's going to happen and they'll say they fall down and I say the ballet's the same mm. if you miss this part you can't achieve the next yeah so let's slow it down and achieve this let's get this goal tick and then move on to the next and then you can get to where your goal is you know but it, it is it's they see and that's why it's so much out there about this overstretching and oh gosh you know the life um, of ballet is not that long mm. so we need to preserve it and longevity and life after ballet they don't want to be arthritic as well by doing too hard too fast overstretching the body will break and the body's forever the body is forever that's definitely yes very wise words i um i remember back when i first did your course um that you were tying therabands around my arms <laughs> and you were explaining to everybody and i think you were using me as a demo about it was the very first version of the baccalast <laughs> yes and Everyone was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and you were even like, I know this is crazy, but it works. And I've, I've got big ideas for it and big plans. And then however many years later, it's now a fully-fledged product of the PBT brand. How's it going? Um, excellent, actually. Um, you know, it's a passion of mine yeah. because it grew out of, I believe the deterioration of posture comes from uh, the children sitting with their iPads and phones and yeah. the tech age. So th there's actually a medical condition called tech neck. I haven't heard of that. I'm yep. going to use that though because I'm always yep. trying to explain it. Yeah. Tech neck. It is. Okay. There's a, a definite, if you look it up, there's tech neck. That yep. inclination. That's right. The, yep. And of course, ballet, we have to follow our arms. We have to open our sternum. So it's it's a real problem fighting against what the, their muscle memory is reacting to the mm. tech age so to combat that um you know it was another thing that i had to really talk my husband into i was going it to was, say you dragged your like, husband in again oh, <laughs> because it was uh, i mean such an expensive venture mm. you know and so 
our son got the idea, okay, we'll see if there's a need by putting it on a Kickstarter. Make the one, the one, and then because it was, you know, it was, uh, it's uh, honestly, it's cost a bomb. I can imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's uh, 10 prototypes, you know, and fix this because I'm a perfectionist too, you know. Yeah. And you wouldn't be a ballet teacher mm. if you weren't a perfectionist. Exactly, <laughs> it goes with it, you know. So um, we put it up on Kickstarter and our, our deal was with our son who manages the office that if people pledged, they'd get the first in the world and we'd have the funds to get the first lot made. Yeah, And they did. They could see the value in it. So we had that first lot made and... Um, it's just moved, the Bacalast has moved into block stores in Australia. Yeah. I went and tried one on. Okay. I was very impressed. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think we've, uh, we we don't distribute here in Australia, we distribute around the world. But I think we've just about um, sold out because we're making a... You have because yeah. I, I was getting one of my students that has very high shoulders. Oh, I really? was I was sent her mum the link to purchase one. She goes, they don't have her size. No, <laughs> we're... We'll, we will replenish for the yeah. new year yeah. um, because I've made a, a slight adjustment that's better. <laughs> so that will be better again. You know, because I'm always learning yeah. as well, you know. So a little bit more uh, breathable, breathable fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in the process and that's why we'll um, get this new. So I've seen the new one yeah. and I'm excited about the new one. But then there's a lot that goes into it and the sizing and the yeah. the pattern designers. And, and it's not an easy product. No, it's very specialised. resize into yeah. a small, medium, large. Yeah. It's yeah. very complicated. It's very complicated. Um, but the new fabric will be better, breathable and um, also help with different sizes. Mm. You know, um, I tried it on yesterday and it's, it's all very exciting. But the, the most... A phenomenal thing that's happened with Bacalast. I can show you some pictures on my phone of professional equestrians training in the Bacalast wow. on their horses. That's amazing. And ice skaters. Like I developed it for ballet. But I teach lots of um, ice skaters um, in my adult ballet class. Yeah, they're yeah. they're training in it. Mm. You know, I don't. I never let the students put it on for PBT and then wear it for the ballet class to follow. Mm. They wear it for PBT and then take it off for the ballet class because I don't want students to be dependent on it. But again, it's setting up that proprioception. There's one lady... helping them feel it. Feel it. It's the feeling before the Mm. form. There's one lady in Canada who bought one for her 12-year-old daughter this year. And then she suffers from migraines. She sent me this email. Uh, that's how I know about it. Yeah. And she got one to try herself because the migraines come from her back. And then she bought another one and she said, I haven't had a migraine, so I've got to buy another one so that when it's in the wash, I can put the other one on. So like, when does she – she wears them just during the day? Yeah, and nurses under their uniforms. Oh, okay. Um, you know, when they're lifting, so it gives support in the back, you know. So I created it for ballet, but it's got these other other benefits. Wow, that's that's mm. very cool. I actually mm. didn't think of that. That's amazing. Mm. And yeah, equestrian. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I know the few times I've ridden a horse, people are like, oh, you should do equestrian. I'm like, no, it's only because I do ballet. So I've got <laughs> a nice straight back. You've and the ballet posture. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, I like to ask this question because I think it always gets um, an interesting response. What keeps you up at night, Marie? Oh, okay. Besides all your, okay. all your ventures. That's easy. That's easy. Um, if I'm choreographing, yeah, there's a piece of music and it won't go out of the head. So I'll usually wait till my husband's sound asleep and I'll get up and I will play the music and choreograph the next part so I can then go to sleep. Or there's a PBT exercise I'm working on and I want to fine tune it and I keep going over and over it and thinking about the muscles and and it won't go away till I get up and get the football and finish it. Yep. And are you afraid too that if you go to sleep you'll forget whatever's going through your mind you so go, you have to get have it to out? get up and yep, write I it agree. down and then I'll sleep well yeah but I have to get it done yeah yeah and then you rest with peace that's so yes. funny <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a bit similar yes. <laughs> or I'll be like oh we're a little bit crazy yeah yeah, yeah. or I'll be like Oh, I'm about to go to Sydney and interview Marie. That would be a good question. Quickly go write it down. You'll see me. I've got my little notebook here. But um, um, now being the Bounce Ballerinas podcast, I always ask my guests, what is your number one tip for leading a balanced life? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> balanced life. It, it really comes from inner happiness with yourself, mm. you know, and if you're not happy and, and be able to be honest with yourself, you you just can't achieve or at the end of the day say that was a lovely day mm. yeah so. you seem very um very happy and i think it's probably because you're very fulfilled oh look i'm humbled i've had i love this art mm. i've i've got a um a wonderful husband a great family i'm able to do what i love travel the world, um, see and meet such wonderful, wonderful people that have stayed in touch with me through all of this this journey mm. and pass it on through the directors who are much younger than me and keep, keep this moving, you know, and hopefully it will live on through um, our son running the office and keeping control of all that. And so I feel totally fulfilled. Um, very humbled that I enjoy waking. I'm buzzed every day. My, my yeah. husband says to me, I've never known anybody to be so excited to go to work. You know, That's and nice. uh, that is nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Your husband sounds like in your business, my mum to me. <laughs> I come to her with the crazy ideas and she goes, oh, not another one, Georgia. <laughs> or every year she goes, no new ideas this year, Georgia. Can we just have a nice consolidating year? <laughs> Don't take on anything massive. And then I'm like, I'm going to Africa to teach ballet mum. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my gosh. So, no. But, you know, what else would we do? You know, that's it. And it's our job to drive everyone crazy, Marie. That's right. With our big and, ideas. And, you know, without ideas, nothing nothing happens. Yeah. You know, look yeah. at the lights, you know, mm -hmm. all those years ago, the lights that we see every day, you know. So, yeah, I, I do have to tell you this funny thing, though, because you'll see this at the course next. Okay. I'm now wrapping legs. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. Yep. So we wrap the legs to feel the complete use of the equal turnout so it's wonderful makes sense wonderful 
So I bless, I was teaching, I have a PBT class, my next class is at one o'clock and I'm wrapping up the legs this day and this little young girl, she said to me, Miss Marie, now the turnout pants. (laughs) No, no. You're going to have everybody looking like a mummy wrapped in like these massive full body outfits. Like, oh, so funny. Oh, funny. Bless. And she said, oh, Miss Marie, I can see it now. Down the track, the turnout pants. I went home and I said to my husband, no, no. He's like, stop, stop it now. That's so yeah. funny. Well, I'll put my hand up. You can wrap me up and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you so much, Marie. That Thank was you, Georgia. It was fun. Thank you. Isn't Marie just the most special human being? I'm so looking forward to doing Marie's PBT course for the second time in Brisbane on March 15th. So if you are a listener of the podcast and happen to be there too, please come say hello. I'd love to meet you. And at the time of recording, I think there's still a couple of spots left. So if you're a dance teacher and feeling really inspired after our conversation, then visit pbt.dance to book in and I'll see you there. Now, if you loved this episode as much as I did bringing it to you, it would mean the absolute world to me. It really would, guys, if you left a five-star rating and comment as it keeps the podcast alive. We also have a private Facebook group with fellow balanced ballerinas around the world who enjoy sharing and conversing about all things dance. Come join us by searching Balanced Ballerinas Community and have a very Merry Christmas, everyone. I will be back in your ears on Monday, the 6th of January, 2020.